Welcome to episode 10 of the Preacher's Corner podcast. My name is Abraham Gomez. Please follow the Preacher's Corner podcast page on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, please subscribe, comment, uh, but most importantly, share it with someone. You never know what that person may be going through or struggling with. And I hope you have been blessed um, by all these amazingly and gifted people who have shared their heart and uh, their time with all of us. Uh, this episode will conclude season one, and I will be back with season two in the fall. Today we are going back to where it all started. So those of you who've been following the podcast from episode one, the last time he was on the podcast, he was an executive pastor, but now he is the lead pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County in San Marcos, California, along with his wife, Joanna. Together they are raising three young boys. I'm talking about none other than Pastor Josh Herrera. You can follow him at Rev Herrera on IG and Joanna at Miss Jojo. Also, do me a favor favor, and follow Lighthouse Church North County on Instagram and Facebook. I am honored that they are both here. Welcome, Pastor Josh and Pastor Joanna, to the, to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so Abraham. much. So honored to be here. Thank you for taking the time to be here. And I want to ask uh, Pastor Joanna. I'm so glad that she uh, is with us. Pastor Josh made a lot of references to her. So it's, it, this is a team. This is a an amazing couple that is um, doing great things in the kingdom of God. So, Joanna, I want to ask you first, what is a hidden talent that Pastor Josh has besides making coffee? Oh, wow. I know. He's an excellent barista. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh, he's, well, he's very talented at swimming. Oh. I got to say he's an excellent swimmer. He was raised in, right in front of a pool. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in their yard, but it was um, in their community, and it was right across the street. So he grew up in the pool. He is literally a fish. So he's <laughs> when he completed his Ironman, I was, I was, I thought I missed him because I was a you know it's an Ironman. It was so the course is so big and it's so hard to get from point a to point b with kids yes so i i thought okay i'm just 20 minutes late i'm fine and it turns out he finished like a race whatever distance in 20 minutes and i arrived right when he came out of the water nice. and i couldn't believe it i'm i'm like he is a fish he this guy's fast <laughs> and he's very talented at swimming so that's one thing I know for sure besides barista skills. So there's Michael Phelps there in the family. Yeah. Is, that, is that what's yeah. going on here? I, I didn't realize that I could swim that well, <laughs> but apparently that's my hidden talent. <laughs> All right, now same question to you. What is uh, one of Pastor Joanna's hidden talents? You know what? She attracts young ladies, and um, I don't know if that's a talent per se, but one thing that I did not know about her that I've observed over the last couple of years is how much young ladies want to talk to her mm. and spend time with her. And she's incredible. And so I think she's just a, a, a great mentor. She pours into um, young ladies. Uh, she, she probably spends more time with girls than I do with guys, per se. Mm. That, that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think the dudes are hitting me up for guys' night out, but they hit her up <laughs> yeah. for girls' night out, for sure. So you're the babysitter. That's what's uh, happening. Yes, <laughs> good at that. So another hidden talent. Yeah, <laughs> forgot that one. So going back to episode one, um, you made a, I'm going to reference that a lot today, um, but you talked about you had, ser still serving, um, Pastor Sam Mascareño, you were his executive pastor at the time, um, and you said that um, 
you were talking about you always had um, dreams and a vision to become a, a lead pastor, but you first got told you need to serve uh, somebody else's vision. So back when we interviewed you, you were an executive pastor. Tell us about the process and what has happened that now that you and your wife have uh, become lead pastors of Lighthouse Church in North County, San Diego. Sure. So, um, you know, we came to Lighthouse Church 13 years ago, going on, going on 14 years now. Um, and it was an incredible journey. We started off doing youth ministry, then went into small groups, then we had the role of associate pastor and eventually um, the executive pastor. And so that experience is really something that I think helped me. I think 13 years at the church serving his vision ultimately prepared me for where we're at today. At the time that we recorded episode one, I couldn't talk about the fact that the North County campus was in work. I was already in motion, right? It was already in motion. It was in motion as of April 2018, um, but we couldn't talk about it. And so we were already working behind the scenes. We were getting things teed up. And that's been my advice to young um, church planters, aspiring church planters is first and foremost, share your heart to one day pastor a church with your pastor. And then number two, you don't get to go till he says it's time to go. Um, too many young people want to go and they go without the blessing and they go without um, the, the support of their pastor. And so for me, it was sharing with him years earlier, this desire in my heart and staying faithful to that church and to him until we both felt like it was the right time. So when I finally told him it was time to go, I mean, he just said it's time to go. He saw it. He he affirmed it. And that's a blessing to have the affirmation of your pastor um, just telling you, I, I see it. I agree with it. And now is the time. And, and to launch out, you know, and, and that's a credit to Pastor Sam, too, because there's sometimes where um, pastors are sometimes consider some people that are under them that have that vision or that drive or that goal to consider them as a threat. But there's so much unity within um, Lighthouse. You can see it expanding and growing. So when this was all happening, uh, Joanna, so what did you think when he shared this, uh, when he shared this with you? What did you feel in your heart? You know, it's, it was like a moment where you realize like, is, is this really happening? Am I, it, this is like full circle because we've dreamt about it. We've mm -hmm. prayed about it. We've received so many words of prophecy and just word of faith spoken to us since we were in our teens and um and now very many years have passed and it's f being fulfilled so it's almost like a surreal moment and um you feel fear i felt fear absolutely but i almost felt like wow it's really happening this is true god you're making it happen yeah you shared um this past sunday in your message you shared um that you with your oldest son, you, you did you not mention that to him that you guys were gonna start a, a uh, I'm sorry, a, a church? Yeah, we waited on that, but he heard. I mean, mm -hmm. he's nine years old and yeah. he's smart as a whip. And oh, yeah. so when I mentioned to him what we were doing, he, he he's like, Dad, I, I kind of already had a feeling this was happening. So yeah, we didn't tell him right away, but when we got around to it, it wasn't a complete surprise to him. And my husband shared a story on Sunday of what it was like for him to share the news with my our oldest son and that was um, when he you shared it with him and it was just you in the room I wasn't there so when it was my turn to talk to him and just 
see what his insight was and his reaction. And when um, when I spoke to him, he shouted like, yay, he, yeah. he celebrated it. And, and I asked him, well, why are you celebrating it? Like, what makes you happy? Help me understand. And he just said, mom, I always knew that you guys are gonna be pastors. So that was, that was all the confirmation I needed. Going forward, I, I was super sure that God was with us, that God, it was time, and it was his, his perfect timing. So what his response, I think, for both of us was just everything that we needed. It, you know, as I referenced back to um, episode one, you actually said that um, when you guys started dating, you know, you, you were telling mm-hmm. her what, you know, your ministry is, what your call is. Mm-hmm. And she also had mentioned to you that at some point she would um, have that vision of becoming a, a pastor, a pastor's wife, or, mm-hmm. or leading. How amazing that it's actually coming together. You know, so, so the question should be asked, when you're dating, you should be looking for people in that like-mindedness in your ministry Absolutely. call? Absolutely. When Josh first got close to me and we we started um show interest in each other and and one of his josh is very blunt Mm. so one of his first (laughs) lines was like you gotta know that i'm i'm gonna be doing ministry so we can't we can't be going out without you know with outside of groups right we can't be doing um anything anything um out in the dark or anything that um that could be misconstrued. Exactly. Right. So um, he was very, very open, which is something that I loved because I struggled to be very blunt. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, God, I like him. I like that he's just goes for it. I don't have to read his mind or read emotions. And so anyways, he was very upfront. And you were coming. He's three years older than mm-hmm. me. So he was already at Bible college when I met him. So... It, it came out right away. Yeah. Um, man, we could do a whole other podcast on the dating yeah. question, Abraham. But Let's do it. <laughs> so much to say about that. But, yeah, we, we I was always just very forthcoming about where I felt God was taking me in my life. And I knew that God was going to send me someone that was going to go with me. It wasn't someone that I was going to have to tug alongside me, but it was someone that was going to willingly go with me wherever God called me. And so when I shared... You know my dreams and, and and what I believe God called me to do with Joanna, and the way that she responded. I mean that that was it. That's when I knew I had to keep that her. That was it, right? Yeah, yeah. So now, as you become um, lead pastors, what are some of the experiences um, that maybe that you weren't unprepared for that have kind of happened? You know, um, maybe the um, some of the people's uh, mindsets or what they their view of church that you have to. Um, not necessarily break down, but just kind of reprogram a little bit, maybe the concept of church or God or, you know. I would say that, um, you know, we, we spent quite a bit of time getting prepared for this. So I feel like I've not seen anything yet that has completely surprised me, if I'm being honest. But the one thing that I didn't prepare for is that buy-in that we've received from our team. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I... 
I'm just blown away. Every single Sunday, we show up to the campus, and there are teams serving, and they have a heart for this community. They have a heart for this city. And at no point did Joanna and I feel alone. I know that's not every church planter's story, but for us, the people that God sent our way, my mind is blown. They are incredible. We pastor the most incredible, selfless group of people on the planet, and I'm floored by that. They give so much. They serve so hard. Mm-hmm. They love so mm-hmm. hard. That is something that, even, you know, I'd probably say I wasn't ready for that because it, it consumes my heart. And I'm floored like, wow, they are all giving towards this dream. Absolutely. And how about you? I agree. I think um, I've been so used to being around a lot of um Debbie Downers, kind okay. of just in the um, environment where, oh yeah, it's so hard, and and this and that, and I just felt, I f- I feel God is just ahead of us, and the people that He has brought us together with have just, they're they've been completely have buy-in and they've partnered with us and have blown us away. I do agree with that, and I I agree that. I mean, this is, we've been in ministry for so long that it's not like we decided to be pastors last year. I mean, I'm talking about we decided that in our teen years, and now we're in well into our 30s, and it's just now coming to fruition. So I feel like we we allowed God to work in us and to really prepare us to this point because we've been so cautious and so prayerful that I feel like now that we stepped out, God is right there. Yes. You know, so I hope this doesn't get lost in all of this because, to be honest with you, you guys make it look so easy, right? <laughs> Instagram, would you say? Is there like your highlight reel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your life, like everything's uh-huh. perfect there. Yeah. Uh, but what shouldn't get lost in all of this is is your obedience to God, number one. Right. Okay, and your obedience to um, your pastor that, that's, that's over you. And I think that sometimes we overlook that you know we the scripture says that obedience is better than sacrifice Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we want the thing Mm -hmm. but that obedience that god is calling us hey i'm calling you this way first why why is it that we're that's the culture the the mentality nowadays that they don't want to pay the price for what god really has for them or what's What's the deal? It's definitely a different generation that we're living in now because we are growing up in the information age and communication and technology has shifted in um, monumental strides. We are surrounded by people that are not used to waiting. If, um, you know, if we want to know anything or find something out, you Google it. For the mm-hmm. Gen Z, they YouTube it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we have access to things at our fingertips that generations before us, they had to go to the library to get that information. They had to go talk to someone to get that information. And so we just have so much access and that's a great thing. The downside of that is you cannot microwave a process. No. God's process in our lives is not subject to the culture and the climate of our day. His process is still the same process. He's an unchanging God. And if he's going to take you through a 20-year process, you don't get to nuke that and make it go by in two years. God's got a process. And so lost in, I think, this generation, 
is that understanding that God's process and his time is not subject to our time or our rules or even our culture. Um, we are citizens of the kingdom of God, and so that's the kingdom culture. And in the kingdom culture, you don't get to go to the next step until you pass the step that you're on. Mm -hmm. If you do not pass that step and if you do not go through the process, you don't promote to the next place that God right. has taken you. What about you, Pastor Joanna? What, what have you noticed in that area? Um, so for me, it's been a little bit different because okay. I'm... I'm not in that realm where I'm surrounded with church every day. I work outside of church ministry. So it's been more of a, a challenge in that I have to put a, one hat on some certain hours and one hat off certain hours. But um, I've, I've experienced that God has to be in the center. Yes. And so I have to constantly refocus and re, re know and learn the scripture and be surrounded by women of God who speak life to me and tell me it's okay you got you're on the right path you're ready for this you're meant for this and so because otherwise because I, I said about my other job because if I I'm in that realm I'm gonna think no I'm not ready I don't have the time I'm busy I have to do give it a hundred when I'm at work so how am I gonna give it a hundred over there but re going back to those people who see further than I do and see me outside of you know what I see they and they believe in me and they know and they trust that God God has sent us there then I can just be reassured and I look to Jesus I mean he didn't start ministry till in his 30s is at some point Josh and I were like I guess this is it you mm -hmm. know I guess this is it this is what we're gonna do we're gonna give it a hundred and whatever we were at but um, Josh kept pushing, like, no, God's gonna, God's gonna give us um, His word at His time, and then it came to pass. But just being tunnel vision and looking at those people who are um, mentoring you, or just looking further, even if they're not really pouring into you, but they just pray for you, and then they just tell you, hey, you know what, you're doing good. When you look to them, and they say, you keep at it, don't lose focus, and then just reassure you. That's what helped me. I think it's important that, you know, you're talking about friends and then mentoring. We need people that, that point out our blind spots, right? When Absolutely. you're driving in a car, well, now they got little cameras, you know, you yeah. can see they're blind yeah. or, or give you a little machines. alert. You know, and how often that someone will come in actually that loves you, that will come in, hey, you need to straighten out, you need to go back to, you know, you're, you're straying a little bit. How important it is to have mentors that will point out those things that mm -hmm. perhaps you don't even want to admit that you're you know they're there you're doing right or th even the good things because mm -hmm. you're thinking sometimes like oh i'm not good enough right and then they'll point it out they'll point out the good things and say don't don't look at yourself that way you are good enough you are made for this and that and as in women women struggle a lot with that mm -hmm. so having that reassurance from other um older women always helped me especially when in those pivotal moments in our lives when we weren't sure what was going to happen next. Yeah, there's a saying that a pastor friend of mine who is like a, like a father to me, um, he's been pastoring uh, longer than, um, you know, definitely me, but maybe been, even been pastoring longer than I've been on this earth. He's been around. <laughs> and so he says this. He says, fathers see further. Mm -hmm. Fathers see further. 
and I've really embraced that because he's seen things way out ahead of me that I don't see. So I, I touch up with him every single week mm -hmm. and I have him speaking into my life, pouring into my life because he sees further than I see. Wow, that is amazing that you talk about fathers. Our episode nine, we talked about fathers. You yeah. talked about identity. It's I, it's so prevalent now in mm -hmm. in society and churches. There's a, a lack of identity. Is it, is it perhaps because there's a lack of fathers in the home? Depression is so prevalent now, or anxiety, or these are just buzzwords that are just being talked about mm -hmm. more. What, what is happening in, in, in now in the church with, with this stuff just really coming out? So I, I would say, man, this is like a little Sunday giveaway to what I'm going to be preaching about this this coming Sunday. And, and for all the pastors that are listening, you know that's what we do, right? right. We just like give away all our Sunday goods. But um, because of the world that we live in, um, we are constantly being fed information that we agree with. We are constantly being fed information that we like, comment on, subscribe to. And so what happens is we live in an echo chamber. And so if you are a conservative, you listen to Fox. And if you are a liberal, you listen to CNN. But you don't listen to the news source that you don't agree with. And so we start to live in these echo chambers of our world. Mm -hmm. And the unfortunate thing about that is the negative voices that we hear get amplified when you're in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the lack of identity and the impact of a fatherless generation is magnified today more than it's been in the past because w what we are consuming creates a narrative that we start to live by. And um, that's a real challenging thing because people don't know that they actually control what they consume. And they don't realize that they're, um, the things that they're doing subconsciously is actually creating the narrative for their life. And if you're not being intentional, you're creating a narrative for your life that is actually gonna bring you down rather than then push you further and, and farther in God. And so the reason I think that a lot of this stuff feels like um, it's, it's being magnified in this generation is because of the echo chambers we live in, those voices are echoing louder and louder. I think that as a counselor, I see so much mental health rising and I see our fields growing yes. now, um, but it is that people are speaking up about it more because it's always existed. Mm -hmm. It's just amplified a little bit more, and it. I think it's come to light a little bit more, and it's they're trying to normalize it so that people are not afraid to get help because in the past people would be ashamed. Um, it wasn't normalized, and so or even spoken about. So it's a taboo, right? right? So people would just deal with it secretly or not deal with it and just live that way forever and so i i'm happy that it's being brought to light and stuff and just wondering that um i'm wondering why people wouldn't like see it before where were the mothers and the fathers saying hey what's happening i guess they didn't know about it too they weren't aware and so awareness has just been now that it's rising it's great because you can see it and then you can point them for help so um i'm glad that it's coming out to light but i am seeing them right uh, this these issues rising so as as lead pastors now how how do you encourage um those that lack identity um purpose to encourage them to to help find their purpose and perhaps you know they find their identity in god obviously 
how do you, how do you help them uh, push them a- along the way? Because you don't want to be, you know, holding by the hand mm-hmm. forever and babying them, but you know, eventually yeah. you have to kind of go out on their own. We we point them to growth track at our church. Okay. Explain <laughs> what, what what is growth track. So um, at Lighthouse we have. Um, growth track which is kind of like the front door to our church if you want to get to know more about us and come join us at growth track after church you get to be with pastor josh or myself and we talk about what the church is what we believe in who we are and and then we get we get um to spend time with you so you could discover your god-given gift and that's one of my favorite classes is actually happening this sunday at our campus and um, step two which is a second class you take an assessment where you find out where how you're wired how mm. you're gifted what your strong traits are and then you can go and and test them you know and discover them and I, as again pointing into my profession we have so many undeclared students in schools and colleges mm-hmm. and schools and colleges you've been there so you know they spend so much time if you're undeclared to point you to a major and they spend resources they send you to classes so that you can take all those assessments and kind of discover what you're gifted or where you want to go and it i i when we first started growth time i thought wow this is like that class at that college where you you find out who you are and i love that we're doing this because a lot of people can't self-discover they can't, and mm. they don't have people pointing out their strengths. In fact, most most homes point out failures, yes. and so they're they're quick to know what their failures are, but they're not quick to know their strengths. And so, in growth track, we teach you what your strengths are, and we say these are your strengths. This is where um, you're gifted. Go check it out. Maybe you would like, you know, leading more, or maybe you'll like serving more. There's so many things that come out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that class that you get pointed to the areas of strength yeah we 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 rely heavily on um, growth track um, as a system but we also want to come along that system with relationships and so getting people on a team serving together getting people in a small group because we do we use the assessments and they have such a great impact on the life of people. I've seen some genuine aha moments mm-hmm. between couples when yeah. they do this assessment because they get to understand the strengths and the weaknesses of their spouse. And we teach people that the way that you are wired is the way that God wired you. So you're not broken, but we're going to understand where you're weak so you can grow in that area. But then I also tell the spouses, um, I'm sorry, I, I, I tell like husbands and wives, give your spouse grace for the area that they are weak. They're weak there. They're not broken. They're weak there by design. But give them grace for that weakness. But then after Growth Track, um, it's all about relationship from that point forward. We want to get them doing life with people. We want to get them serving in their gift. We want to get them surrounded with people that are going to champion their calling and their purpose and helping them become more uh, like the person God intended them to become. And you, you know, you, it's funny, the word that sticks out right now is serve, serve, serve. Yeah. And we talked about um, in episode one, um, you know, people that are most prone to kind of disappear, in, 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 your, in your words, were fall off the grid, were yep. people that weren't connected. Why yep. is it so important to serve? Well, you know, 
my, my friend, he's on our team, Pastor Phil. He shared something. I don't know where he got it from, but it was beautiful. And um, he talked about the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. Um, the last thing he did before surrendering his life to be, um, mm. you know, tried and um, brought before Pilate and all of that. The last thing he did was wash his disciples' feet. Mm. The last thing he did was serve. And for some of us, we don't want to do that. And, and, and if we were to give ourselves like, Abraham, you got one day left to, to live. What would you do? I don't think washing someone's feet would be high on that list. Uh, no. But that's the heart of our Savior. <laughs> right. That's the heart of our Savior. He chose in the last few hours of his life, I'm going to wash feet. And I think what he was modeling to everyone is that there's a lot of ways that you can choose to live your life, but let me show you a way of living your life where you put others' needs ahead of yours. Yeah. Let me teach you about what a selfless life looks like. Let me show you what a life of service looks like. And man, that just blows me away that that would be the last act that Jesus would do as a free man before giving his life up. Amen. I didn't come to uh, be served. I came to serve. Yes. That's where his, his, yep. his word. Absolutely. So and you guys are modeling that. So now... Um, Let's throw this a little commercial here. Um, Lighthouse Church has a YouTube channel. Yeah, we just started it. The creative team at our church. We have some amazing people, and they're pushing me because they're doing things that I probably, I'm in my own you, reservations, yeah, I was like, ah, should we be doing that? But they're going for it. So yeah, we just launched YouTube and a podcast. The pod, yes, the podcast went live as well. Okay, so. You can catch Pastor uh, Josh's sermons on uh, the Lighthouse Church North County podcast, but you can also catch Pastor Joanna's Mother's Day message. Yes. And tell us about what that experience was like for you. That was incredible day. I, I it showed my amateur skills for <laughs> sure. <laughs> but you know what? I gotta say, I've been mentored by my pastor, my husband. And I've been under his wings for many, many years. And a lot of, I mean, this whole time, it's just been me soaking, soaking, learning, learning. And four years ago, I began to lead um, in down in our South Campus. At that time, we had an East and a West Campus. So we, I began to lead two campuses in the same city. Mm -hmm. They were just miles away. Anyhow, that, that really taught me how to communicate to a group so it started with little chunks there so I felt prepared as far as communicating I just um, I, I had because we're on podcasts and stuff there was some fear there that yeah. I was gonna just kill it for them and I I just pray to God and I say you know what God I'm hearing from from the people that are at our church that they need a pastor's wife yes they need that mother figure and i'm here you've sent me here so i'm gonna do it but i'm trusting in you i you need to help me and um my husband was coaching me i was studying and preparing and um and i just went fearfully i went but i took a step of courage and i really wanted to model to our team and to the people in our church that um that I was being courageous and they're gonna follow what they see. So I said, I'm, I'm full of fear. I'm not qualified or I'm not, you know, at the, a professional speaker, but I'm gonna go for it and I'm gonna prepare and I'm gonna be courageous. And um, I leaned in on different people who can help me. I studied, I heard a lot of podcasts and, and, and I went for it. And I, I am 
so happy that I did because I feel that um, in the culture, in the time that we're in, mm -hmm. there um, the need for motherly figures and those mentors and women who who um, are, I guess, in in the on the stage or just in the spotlight are needed. And so I just said, God, you put me here, and I I you're gonna have to help me. And so He did, and I, I'm glad that I did. Got to ask the pastor to put you on the preaching calendar a little, mo a little bit more. <laughs> hey, you know what? She's going to be back up on the microphone in the month of September. Th there we go. Yeah, she and she really came in her own grace. And I'll just tell anyone yeah. listening, you always got to come in your own grace. David refused to fight Goliath in Saul's armor. And all you can do is be you. All you can do is be the person that God has called you to be. Speak the way God has called you to speak. And I told her, don't try to preach like me at all. You come in your own grace. And she slayed it. I think my wife did incredible. That was one of the fears. It's like, how can I, how can I go in the shadows of a great speaker right. and communicator? And and here I am, going to be an amateur. And and so. That was fearful, but knowing that he was behind me, supporting me, not just in words, but like as I was studying and my points, and so that was great. I think um, what people appreciate, you know, as preachers here, um, we all have our own style, but I think what people appreciate the most is us, that we're genuine, and we're, like yeah. you said, that we're ourselves. Yeah. You, you can tell when you're sure. trying to fake it or trying to be like somebody else, you know, it's, it's it kind of rings hollow a little bit, but, yes. you know. So you were talking about you want to be a model for, for the church about courage, about um, strength, even though, you know, you're, you know, have a little bit of fear. Um, but what advice do you give to women who perhaps have that call for ministry or are thinking about that? Because, you know, women and need a model, you know, right. uh, for, for ministry. I, I would like to say that you just got to fight your way in. Um, in our circles, there there's not there's not a platform for women very much mm -hmm. and so it's something that we're we're slowly paving the way to and um one of the things that i learned from our pastor pastor sam was we gotta you know you can't ruin it for the women following because you can i can step out of line and push my way into the stage or into speaking and just do things that are gonna ruin it for others. So I constantly have to put that mindset, like I'm paving the way. So pave a way, look, you know, look for ways where you can help. Um, I've, I've had a few mentors that um, have spoken into us how to speak, how, where, what's your role right now, you know, and teaching us some of, some women want to be women speakers and all that and right and maybe that it's not the time yet so look for ways maybe leading a connect group instead a small group a bible study we always teach them you got to start somewhere so start there don't think you're going to get the stage right away or get a group of a thousand people first you're going to start with a small group and that's what helped me when i started leading the teams of l kids believe it or not having meetings um, leading the huddles mm -hmm. and just leading small prayers with them helped me learn how to pray big prayers for a congregation it's that word again process right we want to skip yeah, steps, that process exactly and um it's so important that that we have people that take that you know it, you're stepping out on faith really because you're, you're you put yourself out there you're open to 
criticism. Yeah, you're vulnerable. You, you're vulnerable. You know, people are going to point out all your flaws and this and that. But, you know, you're inspiring little girls. You're inspiring young women. Oh, yeah. Uh, other women that think they could not ever do something like that. And that's so important that we, that you're right, you, we have to be models and examples uh, of, of that. Um, so speaking of preaching, um, Pastor Josh now, not executive pastor, but lead pastor. Um, what is preaching like for you now as a lead pastor? I think that um, it's become finding my own voice. And that's kind of strange because I've been preaching for years. Mm-hmm. But now that you're preaching every single Sunday, it's got a different rhythm. And so many more hours of my life are devoted to preparing for sermons. And so it's just a different, it's just a different rhythm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd preach occasionally at my church, maybe get asked to go preach somewhere else. And so you're, you're in those, um, you're in that space of preparing for those invitations. Um, but, but preaching every single week is just a little different. Uh, I love it though, because honestly, I felt like I'm more wired for this mm-hmm. than to be that evangelist that shows up, blows up and disappears. <laughs> I think I'm more wired to, to be with a congregation and to journey with them through the yes. text and to take them from one place to another place. So it's just a constant, um, I'm just constantly, I'm just constantly studying and, and there's content and my, my whole family becomes my examples, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you're just constantly in the text, studying, preparing and looking for different applications. So, so preacher to preacher, what, um, what are you focusing on more now when you speak? Is it, um, to the family, to individual, like what what is it you you feel like you need to hit on every single Sunday? Well, given that we are a brand new church, um, it's all about bringing people to make a decision to follow Jesus. Yes. Every single Sunday, when we conclude our service, we ask people, "How many of you want to begin a relationship with Jesus?" The second question we ask is, "How many of you, somewhere along the way?" You lost your relationship with Jesus. You followed him at one time, but you're no longer following him. And so we make a call for them as well. So we make those two calls every single Sunday. So, so much of my messages are curbed to that, getting people to respond to those questions. And so, again, it's different if if, if I was preaching a conference with a room full of Christians. Right. Well, my approach would be totally different. Now we've got people in the room that are atheists. We got people that don't know. We got people whose values don't align with ours. And so it's no longer preaching to a bunch of people that already agree with you. Mm-hmm. You've got to get people to buy into Jesus. You've got to get people to make a decision to put their their faith in Him, put their lives in His hands, and it's different. What about the 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 church people, the people that have been in church for you know many many years? How how do you reach them you know because if you if you're just you know you you're preaching jesus you want the people that don't know him to come how how can you not necessarily make something like fresh for them but but how do you give them a little something well you just said it it you do actually want to make it fresh for them so you want to take a text that they may have heard all of their life and bring a different perspective to it that they haven't yet heard yeah and so I think that's how you keep it fresh because they need to be fed as well. They also need to be taught to be self-feeders. Uh, that's important. Um, but at the same time, they are there on a Sunday. You want to make sure that they are receiving as well. So to me, it's so important to bring a fresh application. And that's where 
every preacher living their own, um, you know, just just living their own calling, their own perspectives. That's where we get to bring our unique hmm. um, approach to maybe something that they've heard all of their life. Okay, so you just said something very key: self feeders. What what do you what do you mean by that? And and if you want to also ch- uh, chime in on this too, self feeders because people um, in church they just come and just sit right and which is okay we're not judging anybody or anything like that but you know at some point they got to leave that milk right you know and chew on that yeah i mean you you know only babies need to be fed by other people (laughs) um as they grow up they start to feed themselves and i think christians we have to we got to get better man Uh, we 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 have become so biblically illiterate in the church it's mind-blowing and and i'm not saying we're to go back to sunday school i get that we've gone away from that model but biblical illiteracy is a bad bad thing that we are dealing with within the church so we have got to overcome biblical illiteracy and so what we've got to do is really teach and preach people to a point where they are starting to open up the bible for themselves study the Bible for themselves. My God, we have so many outlets like this one where they can consume content from the greatest preachers on the planet. Mm -hmm. We just got to get them to start shifting what they're listening to and start listening to this. So there's so much content. We just got to push them to consume it. Right. Yeah. I actually um, learned to become a self-feeder through my husband. He's a book collector. He's always purchasing new books. And I have a library full of like the best books ever at my fingertips and I never picked them up until I just said I have to learn this stuff doesn't come like of interest right away for me you know I like more self-help books um maybe parenting books but when I was leading I had to open up leader books and I had to open up books that would stretch my faith because I was the one feeding the team as a leader and so it wasn't until I was at the point where I understood the impact of feeding yourself and then that's when I picked up all that giant library that was sitting there for years because it's been there but I just um, grabbed it I would just grab the Bible and that's it but I think when you read other stuff and list like you said listen even i began to listen to the bible on the bible app mm-hmm. even, even that alone is just a different way and approach to feeding yourself you pick up different things so just trying different avenues discovering different versions of the bible like the message the passion um, translation i think for people who struggle with like maybe new living translation king's james version try different versions i mean there's so many out there spanish is my first language Mm -hmm. so sometimes with english um i have to reread things especially king's james so i'm not ashamed of it i mean i I um, I just learned to dumb, dumb it down, you know, put passion on. And I love that translation. It's actually one of my favorite. It just brings it in as a leader for kids. I learned so much when we were preparing lessons for kids because yeah. the lessons are so basic. So um, it broke it down for someone who doesn't know, you know, hermeneutics or the cultures of the time. and. And you can get lost in the Bible if mm-hmm. you don't. If you're not a Bible student graduate, you you just kind of read the Bible and you stick to Psalms and Proverbs because they're the ones that are the easy reads. And so, um, 
grab a children's book in the Bible, read the Bible to your children, and you'll pick up so much. I mean, I learned so much from those kids' lessons, and I just thought, oh, that's what that meant, that that verse meant. So just empowering your church, and that's one thing that I think we, I love that um, my husband's such a reader because it just comes naturally when he's preaching, and I think people are picking it up right. and saying, yeah, you know, I got to read books, I got to do this, listen to this podcast, listen to that, and you you will grow and you will self-feed. Amen. So one of the lines from uh, episode one that you talked about, uh, Pastor Josh, and I'm telling like a lot of friends of mine kept repeating it. I noticed uh, some people started putting it on their little um, their bio on Instagram. But you said that we lead from our strengths, but we minister from our brokenness. Talk a little bit about what that means to both of you. Okay, I'll start. So leading from strengths mean whatever comes natural to you, whatever it is that you can do well, you do that. And then the your weakness, you work on that. You understand it, and then you're constantly working it. If you're leading and you're really bad with finances, like get someone who's good on your team with finances and lead co-lead together. And um, that's what it means to me. Yeah, I'll speak to the the ministering from your brokenness. People need to know that as leaders, preachers, that it's not always been Skittles and unicorns. Mm. We've had some moments where we felt weak, where we felt broken, where we felt alone. I've noticed that the biggest response that I've ever received from the church has always been when I'm vulnerable. They want that realness. They want that authenticity. Um, the other day I, I uh, was talking about my family in a sermon and I talked about how um, just a story about our children and, and it always happens where someone will pull me aside and, and they'll say I can identify with that when I talk about moments where I'm not a good dad or moments where I wasn't necessarily a good husband moments where I wasn't a good Christian people need to hear that and identify with that when we look at the Bible I mean, if you look at David's life and you look at the low places in his life, they were really, really low. And yet he's a man after God's own heart. And so ministering from your brokenness is that willingness to let down your guard, be vulnerable to people, be transparent with people. And I think people can better identify with that than the person that's in their Sunday best. Yeah. And, And the other thing, too, sometimes you have to actually preach to some people that are actually the ones that are talking about you and really like you know criticizing you and sometimes you know also things happening in your personal life that you know you know how can i like you're talking about you know you got fear how can i go up and speak in front of a group when my, my life is is a mess but god has called people for ministry and they're not perfect right and sometimes out of brokenness comes uh, liberation you know when you, when you talk about from your broken parts of your life, right, and mm-hmm. you become vulnerable, you get that response, right? Because people want to know that, hey, yeah, that preacher actually doesn't have it all together. They're, you know, their life is sometimes just as broken as ours, you know, and it gives us hope. Yeah, I, I there's a, this is a really personal example. So I'm going to remove names, but if my <laughs> friends are listening to this, they're going to know what I'm talking about. There is this song singer-songwriter who wrote an incredible song, 
and the song was about the time in her life. Now she's a pastor, okay? Mm -hmm. So she's a singer songwriter and she is a pastor. Um, her daughter ran away from home. And um, it's one of those classic stories of a troubled PK, if you will. Daughter runs away from home, and it was this incredibly broken moment in this pastor's wife. And she wrote this song, this beautiful song, about how she never gave up hope. She always believed that God was coming. She always trusted that God was going to bring her daughter back. And that song that she wrote in perhaps one of the lowest up. moments of her life, like people love that. And I hear that song so much. She was like, oh, that song and that song and that right. song. And, and now... Um, that person, you know, the daughter eventually came back to church and she's now a friend of ours. And I'm like, your song, your story has blessed so many people. Yeah. She kind of like, you know, she, she kind of heard it all her life. She's so heard it all her life. Like, but, yeah. They, but yeah, her mom's that transparent moment of writing a song about the brokenness of leading a church and yet the daughters ran away. People identified with that song, love that. People just love that song. So that's a night. That's a total example True. of ministering from your brokenness. Yeah. In the secular world, it's like when people are in their lowest moments and they get all, you know, poetic and they write right. the best songs. It's definitely ministering in their brokenness. Yeah. It's, um, it's crazy. But, yeah, I, I do agree that with that. When I spoke um, on Mother's Day, I shared, you know, a, a vulnerable moment in my life. And I had so many women just saying, thank you for speaking about that because... You know, I thought I was crazy or my husband doesn't understand, but it's so real. And just highlighting that my husband was there for me in that weak moment and we showed that partnership. And I think a lot of women appreciated that and some men as well. So you can definitely minister from your brokenness. It's a very vulnerable position. So a lot of people say, we don't want to glorify the devil or we don't want to glorify, you know, talk about that because it's not who I am mm -hmm. or whatever but um, you can definitely be wise when you talk about it but it's got so much more power than just speaking a PowerPoint point you know a right. fact so this might be a little bit of a, of, of a broad question but um, being in ministry now and you, you, on the um, support end but now on now on the lead part of it now what are some of the myths of ministry you know people see you like the spotlight see you speak and lead but what are some of the myths that that we need to dispel you know so people kind of know what they're getting into you know it's, it's kind of like getting married right if if there uh, there's a there's a saying by pastor Ann Lee stanley there's no such things as marriage problems there's problems that two single people bring with them into a marriage mm -hmm. right there's mm -hmm. unresolved issues i think that now as a pastor um and and, and getting into this space the myth that things will get better is absolutely wrong. If things in your life weren't fixed before you got there, um, they're going to be magnified. If you had bad disciplines and you did not have a discipline to study, did not have a discipline to pray, did not have a discipline for devotion, that doesn't fix itself because someone calls you pastor. You, you should have fixed that stuff before you got into this role. And there's this myth that if I just get my own church, if I'm pastoring my own church, mm -hmm. it's gonna all of a sudden wipe away my insecurities, doubts, and fears. It's not. It absolutely is not. And so I think that if you don't get that stuff fixed in advance, you're going to bring all of that with you into now the pastorship. Yeah. And so I think that's the big myth, the big myth that it'll all get better if I could get my own church. Trust me, getting your own church does not solve your problems. Come on. Preach. <laughs> 
Very true. One of the myths for me is um, you're, everything's gonna, you know, everything's gonna be ready or everything has to feel right or something like, it felt right, but when can you ever feel 100? And so we stepped out in faith, but we did it also with confirmation along the way. And so that was, that was something that nobody had told me that was going to happen. Yeah. And when we felt those moments, like those scriptures spoken over us, those yeses along the way, like, yes, you're going the right way. This, this is the city. Yes, this is the time. Mm. And that was something that I didn't know was going to happen. We, we knew, like, we felt God's tug, but along the way even to the city even to the time there was confirmations i did that was something that had not i was not ready for i felt so it's just like an honor and i felt such a shield and protection and i it's knew glorious. and that's that's when I, I just knew god you're before us and and it's time amen uh pastor joanna um being a model uh, model preacher for the, the women at your church, what is what is your vision for the women, um, for women? Uh, what is uh, the areas you feel that you can help them in or you see the women struggling more in that, you know, we can work yeah. on? I, our hope and our vision for women in our community and in our church is for them to be empowered as daughters of God. Mm. And I, whether they're married or they're not, we want to form a sisterhood when we're united and where we're um, there for each other, growing through whatever um, season of life, because it's ageless. We want our, our women to just bind together and bond regardless of age because we all need mothers, right? Yes. Older ones need older ones, younger ones need older ones, and we want that for our community. We want that sisterhood, ageless, supporting one another, there for each other, and we want them to be empowered by the Holy Ghost, by the, we want to point them to their strengths, celebrate their strengths, help them in their weakness, and um, that's what I, I want and we want for our for them and that goes back to mother's day speaking like i was modeling courage and modeling that you have to prepare and even with my parenting skills on sundays i mean i could easily get a sitter for the kids and easily maybe find ways but mm -hmm. i learned from my pastor pastor angie it's like my family comes first I, i'm going to model to to other women that I'm going to come in with my kids early and I'm going to check them in and I'm going to get a little bit of help here or there, but I'm going to model them. Yes, you can do it. Your excuse is not your children. You work with them. You teach them. You reteach them. You bring them. And I love seeing them come with their kids. And they're, yeah. they're, we're all learning together. And um, that's my hope that I, you know, model and I'm there with them and that we have this space for them to just learn and have that relationship because it's it's all about community and what are some of the things that you um 
that they should be aware of to avoid um, that would in, um, their, mess up their spiritual walk? You know, what, what are some things that you, you're seeing that are kind of prevalent that they need to be aware of to, you know? I, well, for me, what really helped me growing up and in that age of the youth, young adult age where you're self-discovering and and really finding guidance is to just keep pointing them to Jesus and keep celebrating, like telling, encouraging them along the way. Um, I feel like it's so important. We are mindful that as pastors, we're looked to. Yes. And just knowing that for me, every every time I'm out there, I have to put that mindset that, God, I'm, I'm being your ambassador i'm representing you right now and i all eyes are on me and so um i don't not i don't have to that responsibility where i have to live perfectly but i take it seriously and it's an honor and so i do my best so for women out there i'm just be aware you know be aware um be a learner surround yourself with with God first and foremost because even if you're alone without any supports around you if you have God and you have that prayer line you're gonna take the next step whatever that is Mm -hmm. and um that's that's what helped me when I was younger and even when I was I felt bound with my kids that was it's such a busy stage where I can't be out I can't be um out studying or I can't be you know doing all sorts of things I was alone at home with my children tending to them and I have to look to God and find resources around me and then just connect and follow God and then if I can reach out to others and obviously with my spouse he he was my anchor Mm -hmm. during that time where you're just so busy I, I liken that that season into that season when I was in college where I felt there's no time. I'm studying. I'm working. How do I know what I, God wants me to do? It's like, well, you pray. You At that time, I connected with youth groups because that's what you got to do. Fill your time with godly people and yeah. godly relationships. And in the time where I had my hands full with my kids in the young age, and I felt like that, that felt like a lot of my college season, I just, I again, I got to look to God. I got to keep my vision on the word because yeah. I get frustrated and I don't want to um, lose sight that there's light at the end of the tunnel. But um, you you got it starts with a mindset. What about uh, single mothers? How, how, do, how do you minister to help single you mothers? Know, um, during Mother's Day, I gifted a course called Moms of Men. So for single mothers, I I have a heart for them. I worked for many years with um, families with special needs, mm-hmm. and I I just God gave me such a big heart for those families and single moms because I got to see they don't have a break, no. and a lot of them are are single because their dad is absent. It's not like in some divorce cases where you know you're off for one weekend and mm-hmm. you get them the other. So there is no break. And um, I, after learning through this course, I have just learned that if you are a mom, get plugged into a church. Get plugged into a connect group if you can't make it to church all the time. A connect group that's going to help you. They're going to be your arms and your feet, and they're going to help you 
because your family probably helps you already and they're going to be exhausted to help you all the time so look for people around you that have godly values because they're going to be your source of strength the church that's what we are right we're servants of god we're ambassadors of god so we empower our church to help others and connect group that comes so naturally so join a community of um, believers and god is going to be faithful he's going to send you the help that you need but you need to take that step and go forward Pastor Josh, how, how, how do you uh, minister to the uh, flock in that sense? Sing, single mothers, absent fathers, you know, young kids that don't have that fatherly figure. Yeah, um, great question. People, I, I mean, fatherlessness is definitely um, something that it's not just impacting this generation. It's impacted several generations. Um, but what I, I really do like to do is, as Joanna said, point them to Jesus, point them to the, um, the resources available to them through the church, understand that um, they don't have to do life alone, they can't overcome, they don't have to fall victim to their own circumstances. One of the things that people may not know about, you know, my family is that my dad grew up pretty much without his father yeah. from the, my, my, my grandfather passed away when he was only 35 years old and my dad was 13 years old when his dad passed away which is really um, a pivotal pivotal age for yeah. a young man he's just entering his teenage years I say all that because I tell everyone I have no father when my dad figured it out and he figured it out without a dad and he figured it out as the oldest mm-hmm. of seven siblings so um, I, I, I think that you don't have to become hopeless because dad is not around. You don't have to become hopeless um, as a single parent. I've, I've seen my grandmother overcome, and she mm-hmm. raised. She never remarried. Very healthy kids. Very yeah. healthy kids. And um, and I've seen my father and my uncles all grow up to have amazing families, to have careers, and they're doing well. And, you know, it's it's just seeing that it gives me that hope that no matter what the situation is at home it's a choice to come out of that situation we don't either be a victim or you can or you can go for it and make something of yourself and i think in my family all i've seen is is my uncles and my father make something of themselves they they didn't they refuse to be victims of not having their dad around and i believe it's because your grandma was such a godly woman you know, she never, she didn't, she chose not to remarry, but she focused on her family. She, um, she took help from her family as well. And yep, asking it, for help is a big. A it's big fu- it's funny. Sorry, I meant to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but it's uh, you, you mentioned grandmothers. Um, so I didn't get to know my grandparents on my on my father's side, and on my uh, my mo- mother's side, uh, my grandfather passed away when I was four. So all mm-hmm. I had was my grandmother godly godly woman so through her is how our family uh came to faith and start set the you know Mm -hmm. foundation and you know i'm a product of that thing we talked about in episode one product of of godly women and and Mm -hmm. even god but but we also got to say this god also um he fills that gap yeah absolutely you know he sends surrogate fathers spiritual fathers Mm -hmm. you know and I think that we, we always focus on the absent father while well, he's not there. And I know it's painful and it's very um, it's very tough for those that don't have a father. 
but there is hope like in God you can find your identity in God the Bible says that if my father forsakes me my mother forsakes me you'll never forsake me yeah. and I and I think that you know you're talking about being a self-feeder um, getting into the word that how we, we I think we try to find our, our, our identity in the world right or mm-hmm. what we see on social media and, it, and it's it's like a confusion thing but you're called for something greater than than you think you know and it's or in through your God. Own thoughts too I have a lot of people saying oh I think I'm gonna I'm called to this and I just think I just ask myself um well, we think all sorts of things, you know? One day I can think I'm, like, great, and another day I can feel the worst. So, um, yeah, knowing, like, know, go through a step process. Get to yeah. get to that point where you know God is speaking those things to you. Other people are pointing it out, and I challenge women all the time. Speak good words about your kids. Don't tell them all the things that they're not right because we see it on our own children what they're not maybe they're not you know very they don't take initiative and they don't clean up right away that doesn't mean i'm going to call them lazy i'm just going to teach them and reteach them and not give up and not try my best not to speak those words upon them because oftentimes i see it in students that they know what they're not good at before they know what they're good at Mm. and it starts at home yeah so i i pray that if you don't have that in your life, you find someone who finds the good in you and speaks speaks it to you. Like you said, surrogate surrogate fathers in connect groups or in in other youth groups or life groups, whatever they're called, you find that voice that of uh, hope. Mm-hmm. In episode one, I asked you a question, and we're we're almost wrapping up. I think I got like two more questions. Um, I asked you, how do you navigate? I don't know if you remember this question. How do you navigate through the ups and downs of, of ministry? And one of your answers was, you said your wife. Your wife has been a rock and a shoulder to lean on. So, Joanna, what keeps you strong while he's going through a season? Um, you know, I... Well, it's a, it's a loaded question. I thought about that question because... I wondered when when he answered that I I just like oh why would he say that but I I know it's because when you love someone you see them at their weak point and you just want to get them out of that point right so you just speak again speak life no you can get through this we're gonna get through it it's gonna be okay but I it just comes natural to me to be um, an encourager And I think that's why people gravitate to me. It's just a God-given gift that I didn't self-discover. It was pointed out to me again Mm -hmm. in community as I was growing up. And people were saying, you know, you never seem to be mad. You're so patient. People like to come talk to you. Thus, that's why I'm a counselor. But (laughs) I'm like, I I didn't know that about me because I didn't self-discover. People told me of my qualities. So all that to say, it just came natural for me to just be who I am and encourage my husband and just be there for him, not put him down or not, you know, shy him away and just tell him, get it together. Um, But also when you have God in your heart, you have a lot of that that comes flows through your life. So you can't, you can't spill something that you don't have inside of you. So if you have impatience and you're short with people, short tempered, then you know you need to seek God in a way where He can give you peace, 
give you um, self-control. And um, sometimes, some moments that I, I get, fr- I mean, I'm not always the rock. Sometimes I'm a little bit of the wave maker. <laughs> but for, the, I think, your weakest moments, I've, I've been able to just go in that m- mode where I'm the encourager. And I'm, I think that's what makes us such a great couple that we're, in my weakness, he's the rock. And in his weakness, I'm the rock. So um, thank God that we've been able to to balance each other at that time. But I got to say that it comes natural to me in a way because I'm an encourager at core, but also because, like I said, when you're constantly trying to be God-like and seeking God, that's what's going to come out. So um, in the times that I've been short, it's just because I'm either tired or I'm, I'm not feeling well or because... I need a little bit more of God at that point. <laughs> Why did you say that, Josh? Um, Tell us. Well, it's the absolute truth. Um, I'll be, I'll be, again, vulnerable one more time. Um, I would say that one of the lowest points for me was there was a two-month period where I was without a job fairly early on in our marriage. And Abraham, those two months felt like an eternity. Mm. When you are living with this expectation that you are the man, you are the breadwinner, you are the one that brings home the bacon. Were we in the middle of buying a house? We were right in the middle of buying a house. Provider, right? It was like just right. But but I think back, it was two months. It was a period of two months. But in that moment, it it, it felt bad. But my wife was working, and at Mm -hmm. no point during those two months did she um, make me feel ashamed, make me feel like... You're not leveling up as a man. And in hindsight, I mean, two months is a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. But in those, during those two months, my, I was like, feel, I was all in my feelings, bro. I was, <laughs> I am a worthless husband. I am a worthless man. And, you know, she never made me feel that way. She just was like, you know, we're going to keep on trucking. She, I'm still working. We're going to keep on trucking. And two months later, I had a job and, and things corrected. But it's funny how in that moment, being maybe 24, 25 years old, Oh, man, I just felt like yeah. such a loser. I was like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? You know, I'm supposed to be the provider. That was a low moment for me, mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah, she never made me feel worthless. She just kept trucking along. She's like, I got it. This is why I went to school. I got a job. We're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And we were okay. It was all good. Amen. Yeah, I I agree. I agree that I was proud of myself in hindsight that I, I could, that could have been a break or you know, a break, make, mo- a break, make a break moment because I could have spoken really lashed out or been very impatient. Now it was only two months, but we were in the middle of buying a house. Mm-hmm. The stress level was very high. Yeah. Um, at that time, the economy was so expensive. Like we, we weren't sure if we could, if we didn't buy that house, we weren't sure if we were going to ever buy the house at mm-hmm. that time. And so it was there was so much at stake, you yeah. know. And so I could have been very impatient and I could have done a lot of things. But I got to tell you the impact of a good mother. Because my mom devoted has devoted her life to us. And she's always modeled um, being a godly woman and just knowing when, you know, when, when to ask for wisdom. And so I definitely sought wisdom mm-hmm. because I find that we we women can damage a lot with our words yeah. so I 
was a very proud 20, 20 year old, was it 20, 21 year old. 21. I mean, wow. think of all the things a 21 year old could have said. So yeah, very proud. All right, second to last question. Um, how would you uh, encourage somebody that's go, going through discouragement right now or going through a low point in their life? Okay, I'll go first. Well, I'd say get into the Word. I mean, there's so many scriptures yeah. that talk to you about overcoming discouragement. Um, there were so many mighty men and women of God that battled discouragement. David had some very low points. Elijah had some very low points. And then surround yourself with some people that are hmm. lift you up, man. Get yeah. yourself around some people that are going to love on you, that are going to encourage you, and they're going to get you to believe in yourself again. What if you can't find that person? That's what I always ask myself because when you're discouraged, it's hard to get help. Yeah. It's hard to speak up. It's hard to move. You get paralyzed. And that's what the devil wants. That's how he wants you to be. So find courage. How do you find courage? You you just have to get the energy to get up and just tell someone or go out and just even if you don't tell someone just go out and be in a place of mm -hmm. courage where there's encouragement a house of god yeah a connect group i'm recently one of my family members went through a period of discouragement and one thing that i loved was that one of her friends went to her house and she she stapled verses all over her house of encouragement word of god when she couldn't have the strength to open her bible look at the bible app because you're at that point where you're a dark tunnel mm -hmm. someone went and did it for her wow. i know and i thought that is an amazing amazing woman of god because when you can't find help for yourself you found just that one person and that one person was the one that picked you up and got you out but you have to get the courage of speaking even to that one person and be that someone for someone mm -hmm. if you're listening and you know you're asking god use me and you hear someone going through that send them a basket send it drop them off a note god can use you in so many yeah. ways it's incredible yeah. and so i thought that was awesome and that that when you can't when you can't find encouragement for yourself you tell someone and that person just fills your home with encouragement with word of god with truth that was incredible to see and one simple thing right we talked about this uh um get active just go outside right go for a run go for go a for run, run. <laughs> fresh air go your for mind's... a walk a hike right? join the sports league i agree yeah all right last question and then when we're done um what has god been speaking into your spirit if you want to share. For me, it's been a lot of how to be um, the mother that I need to be mm -hmm. because I've, I've been spending um, my summer with my kids, like 100%, and I'm on summer break. And so it gets easy to feel very tired. I mean, we have three growing boys. Um, they're just normal. They're, you know, energy and... Um, they needed entertainment and I feel like I have that um, responsibility of putting things together for them because otherwise they just sit on TV or video games and 
And so I need to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's God is just saying, I'm, I'm shifting you because you're modeling and because you are going to be, um, you're the mother of the house. And so I just, I don't know, lately I feel like God is just telling me that you need to go the extra step because um, they are your first ministry, yeah. the most important ministry, and um, you are modeling what you want others to be like. Yeah. And I put you in that position for a reason. So I'm just praying that God continues to breathe energy and strength and guidance so that I can be the mother that I need to be for my kids and the mother that others need to see for um, the generation of today. Um, for me, I had a word for the year, and that word was pace. And so I think I'm constantly brought back to that, um, to that space where God, where I'm, I'm taking the time to stop, not move on to what's next, but to really rest in my moments and and, and get everything that I'm supposed to get out of those moments. When you're pastoring a church, I continue to, uh, um, I continue to work for the South Campus as well. So I'm actually double hatting it. I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church North County. I'm also the executive pastor of our South County campus and so that can be a challenging pace. Um, but I just try to rest in those moments. Yeah. I, I don't want to move until God says to move. I, I don't want to go faster because other people think we should be going faster. Mm-hmm. And Yes, the church is off to a pretty quick start for a church plant, but um, I think I've allowed other people to move us faster than we should have moved. And and I'm getting a little bit of Papa Bear now where I'm trying Mm. to protect this thing and I'm trying to tell people, look, we're three months old as a church. It's too soon. It's too soon. Let's slow it down. And as the church, same with my life, let's slow it down. Let's enjoy these moments. Let's rest in these moments and, and take in everything that God has for us right now in this season. Amen. I want to thank both of you for taking the time to be here on the Preacher's Corner podcast. I thought it'd be fitting to end season one with our first guest ever <laughs> and awesome. his his uh, lovely wife here who have uh, become a, a dynamic duo in the kingdom of God. And um, I just want to leave this thought with you guys. You, you two are an example of a godly marriage, um, supporting each other, helping one another, protecting each other and praying for each other. Um, you're preaching a message of Jesus being at the center of everything without you even saying a word, right? You guys are talking about being a model, and I think that it, we need to see that a lot more um, in, in the kingdom of God. So I just want to say thank you for accepting the call uh, to ministry. Um, you. You, you have both blessed my life in a profound way. I also want to say thank you for uh, allowing me to use uh, Lighthouse Admin Offices um, to record a a few episodes. And you've also helped me get some guests. Um, You guys have played a huge role uh, in this podcast, so you guys can come on anytime you want. Uh, I want to thank Union uh, Cowork for allowing us this podcast space here in San Marcos, California. Um, and as we end, Pastor Josh, you want to tell us when your services are and uh, where do you where do we meet? Sure, I'll do a quick plug. Um, we meet at Mission Hills High School, that is in the city of San Marcos, every Sunday at 10 a.m. So just come on our way, okay. Mission Hills High School, San Marcos, California, and our team would love to serve you and your family. I have one last thing to say. Yes, Abraham, I'm so proud Thank of you. you. 
You are doing yeah. an incredible job through this podcast. Mm-hmm. I know this podcast is reaching people and I know it required you to step out, stretch yourself, invest into this. And so I just want to tell you as your friend that I am so incredibly proud of you. Thank you for doing this. You are right where God wants you to be. I know you are blessing many people's lives and keep it up. I'm excited for season two. Amen. I appreciate both of you. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, Pastor Joanna, would you pray us out? Absolutely. Dear God, thank you for allowing us to come together today and just share what is happening in the city of San Marcos and through our lives. I pray that any listener today is blessed by what they heard and that they are just find some encouragement to go out and make a difference, to go out and live out what they are hearing from you. I pray that they look to you for guidance and that they're fueled by your spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey everyone, I hope you have been blessed by season one of the Preacher's Corner podcast. It's been such an amazing experience for me personally. It's been thrilling, it's been revealing, it's been inspiring, and it's challenged me as I interview different guests. Their story impacted me, touched my life in areas that I wasn't even thinking about. God sent these people literally to speak to me, and I've been blessed. I want to thank all of you for listening, for listening to every episode, for sharing it, for telling others about it, for rating it, subscribing to it. I really want to thank all of you. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you've been inspired, and you started exploring your faith and maybe getting closer to God because of a certain guest or episode. Um, Thank you for being a part of my journey, this journey of self-discovery and understanding God's will for my life. If you listen to the first episode, you can hear how nervous I really was. I stuttered a lot. Um, It also didn't help that I was under the influence of caffeine, a little too much caffeine, which uh, I was already hyped up anyway. And with that caffeine, definitely made me stutter even more. It's funny, I've recording episode 10 with pastor josh and his wife he called me beforehand asking me if i wanted a cup of coffee and uh i definitely declined and i said no thank you i drank too much coffee the first time i interviewed you i don't want to mess this one up and uh so it's pretty funny kind of ironic um that he asked me if if i wanted some coffee and i said nope because i don't want to mess this one up uh i've grown spiritually, emotionally, mentally through this. I was not always a confident person, um, secure person, and putting some out there for public consumption is is very uh, scary. It is very, it better be good. You know, the content better be uh, interesting. Um, So I was under that type of pressure, but slowly but surely every time I interviewed someone I got more comfortable and you can uh, listen to the progression uh, definitely in every episode 
And that's a, a microcosm of, of what God is doing in my life. He's building me, strengthening areas of my life that weren't always as strong, believing in myself more. To be honest with you, I wasn't always the most uh, self-confident person. And I've gained self-esteem. I've gained confidence, wisdom, experience, valuing myself. And through this ministry, God has been opening doors for me. I've gotten to meet so many new people, different people, so smart, amazingly talented and gifted, and they have sharpened me. They have spoken to my life. I mean, episode two, Elder Edwin Perry was literally giving me a prophetic word while I was recording him. I'm trying to hold it all together. You can hear me get a little bit emotional, but little instances like that where God just began to just really deal with me, and and he was talking to me through this podcast and you got to listen in and it's a microcosm it's just growth and when you stick with God when you surrender to God and you hear his voice and you obey and follow him he just begins to do some amazing things in you and every person that has come on this podcast has been God ordained really has I pray God send me the right people some guests don't work out some guests their schedule doesn't allow them to come on but the people that come on has a very uh, direct uh, timely relevant word not only for me but for people that uh, are listening Uh, for instance um, edwin perry has a stuttering problem and this podcast was being played in the background and a young teenage boy had started listening to it and he has a really bad stuttering problem and he heard that when uh Elder Edwin would preach in front of thousands of people that his stuttering would be gone. And he said, look, mom, if he can do it, I can do it. What an inspiring thing for a young teenage boy to believe in himself, regardless of, you know, his stuttering, that he can do it and believe in himself. That's a powerful, powerful thing. Um, I've received countless stories and testimonies of how the podcast has touched them. Uh, A friend of mine said he was in his car crying and getting emotional and praying out loud for the first time because of a prayer at the end of of one of the podcast episodes and I told him I said that's God's presence with you touching you at that very moment what you were feeling was God's presence and God has something special for you I mean those things are amazing they're humbling they encourage me they inspire me to continue go even further and for God to put those people in my life to bring on and um, another one is uh, a man who heard episode nine with um, Pastor Nick Tarango. Fathers that are not there, absent fathers, uh, fatherless generation, uh, men and w- uh, young girls, young boys growing up with a orphaned heart, feeling alone, no covering, no guidance, nobody to speak up for them, nobody to protect them, nobody to guide them. Uh, a man came up to Pastor Nick and told him that, He asked his wife for forgiveness and his kids because he hasn't been the father and the husband that he should be. And then he says that he hasn't had the, there's like a cloud of peace over my home that I've never felt or never had before. Powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Another uh, man came up to Pastor Nick and said that uh, he's listened to over and over again. He started breaking down and crying and, and, and saying that he grew up 
just like Pastor Nick. And he didn't realize a lot of the things that he was doing was because his father was absent. And he wanted to connect with Pastor Nick to help him, guide him, and to be kind of that spiritual father, that father figure for him that he never had. I mean, things like that. I mean, how can you not be inspired? How can you not um, uh, be encouraged? I mean, that's amazing things I'm so so emotional brings tears to my eyes like wow this this humble podcast can reach people that you don't even know uh, pastor tj talked about overcoming grief and giving yourself permission to heal and if you don't give yourself permission to hurt that was a breakthrough for so many people so many people are silently hurting silently broken and don't know how to get out don't know how to heal but i know a god that can heal he came to heal the brokenhearted. He specifically came for you. He came to set the captives free, to restore sight to the blind, that the lame would walk. He came for every condition, every sin, every mistake. He came to heal us and make us whole. That's what God does. Um, people would tell me, they send me messages, they're crying as I listen to the podcast. Uh, every episode touched them in a different way. And to be honest with you, I am truly humbled. I'm amazed at what God is doing through this ministry. It's, this isn't entertainment. This isn't um, something to get famous or to get known by. That is not the intent. I'm not trying to monetize this. And I've gotten approached, you know, try to, hey, try to make some money. That's that's not the point of this. The point is to reach every person possible that they may come to Christ and to know that there's purpose and there's a plan for their life and that God can heal and God can restore no matter what. I've been humbled by, by all of this. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know where this was going to go. I just heard God's voice to start this. And in my episode, in episode seven, you know, it, my stuff just was in the closet for a while. And I got pushed to do this. And once I did it, it just began to do something in my heart and in my spirit. Um, like I said before, I found my self-confidence. I discovered my creativity, um, things that I wanted to do. Uh, I never pictured myself as a creative person. I discovered that I was creative in certain ways. And um, and that brought confidence to me. It's like, hey, I can do this. And putting my thought into something tangible, making it happen is and seeing it flow is, is such a amazing amazing thing i'm using that word a lot because i'm amazed it's it's mind-blowing what's happening through this medium you know of of podcasting this platform you know i, I didn't know where this was gonna go i found my purpose i found my call my drive my passion um, to speak about god's word to speak about god's healing power and to point us to god I found it, and and I hope you see it. I've you see my my growth and my progression, and God can do the same thing for you. So what I want to say with all of this is that if you're sitting on an idea or on a thought, do it. Step out in faith, believing in God's word, believing in God's power, believing in God that God will be with you every step of the way. Launch that ministry. Write that book. Start that podcast. Whatever it is that God has given you, do it. You might not be a singer. Well, if God wanted you to be a singer, he would have given you a voice to sing. But he gave you the intellect to do something even deeper, something even greater. He gave you all the tools, all the gifts, 
for you to succeed in this world and also for to bring others to Christ. He gave you everything that you need. Believe in yourself. Believe in God. Launch out. Take that risk. Don't live life with regret. Man, what if I, I wish I would have done this. I should have done this. Don't ever look back on your life and, and say, man, I wish I would have done it with regret. No, I'm telling you and I'm encouraging you right now. Do it. Whatever that thing is, only you know. You haven't told anybody about it, but it's there deep in your heart, deep in your mind. Do it. Do it. God is going to do some amazing things in your life. God is going to do amazing things for you. God is going to do amazing things in you. God is going to do amazing things through you. Your story will touch others. Your story will strengthen and encourage and inspire. Do it. Do it. Every man, every woman listening, God's got a plan for your life. I'm going to be your cheerleader. I'm supporting you. I'm praying for you that you do what God has called you to do. I want to thank all of you for being on this journey with me. Thank you. You inspire me. You drive me to do better. Maybe tweak a little things to make it better. I thank all of you. Thank you for your positive uh, messages. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouraging words. I'm just a humble servant. Share this thing with somebody. Share it on your social media platforms. Share it with somebody that you think might want to hear this or needs to hear some of, some of these things that we discuss. Some of my coworkers do not go to church at all, have never stepped foot in a church, and some are, are atheists, and they tell me straight out, and they listen to every single episode, and I'll be walking through the halls, and they start asking me things. This is just this is just a platform. This is a seed for God to come in. And if we can have that faith discussion and let them know the why of why I do this, let them know who gives me the strength and the encouragement and inspires me to do all this, it's God. And it creates a discussion about faith, hope, love, peace, and it is all God. I just want to thank all of you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please rate it, subscribe it. Uh, post it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, MySpace. If some of you still have MySpace, is that around still? Please just get it out there so that others can be blessed and so others can find their purpose. I want to reach as many people as I can. I want them to open their hearts to God, to know that there's a God that loves, that there's a God that forgives, that there's a God that covers us, that blesses us, that believes in us. That there is a God that is so amazing, that can that blows our minds. He's come to give us a life of abundance. I'm praying for all of you. I love you. If you see me at the store, if you see me at the mall, if you see me in the street, if you see me in a church, stop by, introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to get to know you. And if you have any guests that you would want, on this podcast, please send me their information. I will reach out to them. And season two is going to be awesome. I'm already working with certain guests, lining some up. It's going to be a little different, but it's just just as powerful, just as impacting. Please, please, please 
Uh, share it. Share. That's the one thing I can say. Share it. Follow the Instagram page, the Preacher's Corner podcast. There's a Facebook page. Follow my page on Instagram, The Real Abraham. I'm on Facebook, Abraham Gomez. Um, thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. God is great. I give God all the glory. I give God all the praise. He is my source of strength. He's my provider. He's the author and the finisher of my faith. I give God all the glory and all the praise. I'm out.